That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Welcome to The Daily Break, brought to you by Newsweek. Filling in for Andrew Tallman, I'm Jesse Edwards. I'm Maura Curry. And I'm Tommy O'Connor. We are the producers here at Newsweek Radio and Podcasting, and while Andrew's out this week on vacation, we decided to crash the show until he returns. Here's what we have going on today at Newsweek. Amid its ongoing invasion of Ukraine, Russia is rapidly losing friends, but she says she's better off without them anyway. So China is praising Ukraine's resistance, which is a little bit of a surprise to everybody. But now the Council of Europe, which is a human rights organization, expelled Russia as of today. The Council's statement on this move condemns Russian aggression toward other nations as well as its own citizens. But Russian officials appear to have, after the fact, announced that they were planning to leave the Council anyway because it was becoming an anti-Russian tool. Uh, And I gotta say that the I didn't want to be here anyway, so screw you guys excuse is, is so classic. Um, And very middle school, but also not altogether uh, shocking to hear from Russia at this point. Now, what exactly is the Council of Europe? A lot of us haven't heard that term before. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, basically separate from the EU, but sort of tangential to the EU, uh, a human rights organization. It was created after World War II uh, to avoid human rights abuses in continental Europe for reasons that are probably obvious. Uh, And Russia has been along for the ride since 1996. So they joined late, but they have very much been a part of these endeavors. Um, So it is certainly not a small thing for them to be expelled and or stepping away, depending on who you ask. And it's not exactly a good thing either. It's kind of funny we say, you know, Russia's taking its ball and going home, but you kind of want these people at the table. As as backwards logic as that might seem with everything they've done in the last 20, 30, since their inception... Uh, yeah, having them on any sort of rights council is, is kind of absurd, but we need them there, right? Yeah, you kind of want to be able to tell the people that are, oh, I don't know, committing human rights violations that like, hey, maybe that's a human rights violation. If like, they're at the party, it makes it much easier to hold them accountable when they do something we don't like. Right. If they excuse themselves, it becomes much more difficult. Though, I got to say, the, the like, you can't fire me, I quit mentality is just, I, <laughs> I have to I have to respect that and I have to respect the uh, last to get there, first to leave mentality. Uh, Russia is like me at a college party. It's just like confused as to why it's there. I'm a fan of the Irish exit personally, so I I don't know about making such a production of it, but I do respect it. Tommy, you're not comfortable at college parties? Well, not anymore. Now now I'm old. But in my day, don't you? Oh, don't you worry. I was a star. We can get into that at another podcast, don't you? (laughs) All right, so I have a question for you guys, and this may be a dumb one considering the last time I tried to talk any sort of sports topic, I had to explain who Tom Brady was. Are either of you guys intending to fill out a, a March Madness bracket? Can we get can we get a company bracket going? Just like a fruit basket? Bracket, not oh, okay. basket. Gotcha. You know, like a March Madness bracket where you get a sheet of paper and it has all 64 teams and you and a bunch of other people try to guess who's going to be the winner. Now, I like that- money, but I would be blind on this. I would have no idea how to make money at, on sports. I'm going to go ahead and just say that it's Baylor and then f- save myself the work of making a bracket. I know just enough about See, basketball. 
Okay. I see. I'll take that. I can work with that. And Jesse, do not worry because the odds of you getting a perfect bracket are really, really like bad. That might not be good news, though, for the presumed 45 million Americans who are going to be taking place in betting around March Madness. So it is a big tradition here. About $3.1 billion will be spent on betting. Uh, and that's according to the American Gaming Association. Or the CEO of that association saying there is no doubt that this year will generate the highest legal handle in March Madness history. Reason being for that is because... Since last year and since 2018, when the Supreme Court has struck down a federal ban uh, on sports betting, states have been taking steps to legalize uh, betting on sports. Uh, Most recently, those states include Maryland, North Dakota, South Dakota, Washington, Wisconsin, Wyoming, Connecticut, Louisiana, among others. So uh, all I'm trying to say is. Maybe maybe we should get in on that. I don't know. I'll I'll reach out to the hosts. We can get a company bracket going. I'll everybody can be included and you don't have to know anything about sports because like I said, the odds of anyone getting it right are really low. Now let's say we take that three billion dollars and split it between the three of us. Tom, you got a billion dollars. What are you doing tomorrow? A billion dollars is a lot of money, but I think I am buying, I'll do the nice thing. I'll pay my parents' mortgage. I'll pay off my college tuition. And then I will treat myself to a very, very nice vacation in the middle of nowhere. Are you coming back to work after vacation or are you going to quits? Uh, no, you know what? They say, I love what I do. Never work a day in my life, right? Uh- <laughs> Maura, same question. Um, I, I would fulfill the distant pipe dream of the millennial Gen Z cusp and buy a house. That would be cool. And then I think I also would probably still come to work. Not that we're just sucking up to you because you're a boss, but <laughs> no worries. probably I would come to work. I think I'd still car. come back to work too, but it might be from like a beach in Hawaii forever. I think we would all probably compete with each other to see who could come up with the most ostentatious thing to have going on in the background. Some sort of beach cabana, some sort of uh, palatial abode on the edge of the grand canyon sure i think we'd have fun i want like elephants in the background yes. like people riding elephants uh, my golden throne i'm gonna be riding an elephant so much for our <laughs> modest uh, dreams here <laughs> yeah clearly that's right you give me a taste of money and i've abandoned all sense of my morals uh but maybe we'll get that chance if we are the one in you know a 19 digit number one in quintillion a uh, chance that we get a perfect bracket. Maybe that some of that money will be ours. I like your idea, Mara. Go Baylor. They're ranked a number one seed. March Madness starts tomorrow, March 17th. So stay tuned. We'll talk after the three of us about what our bracket's going to look like because I, I like our odds. I like our odds a lot. Alert systems launched into action last week after an asteroid was found to be on collision course with Earth less than two hours after it was discovered by an astronomer in Hungary. The asteroid called 2022 EB-5 was discovered by Christian Sarnezki. After spotting the asteroid in a telescope, he made a few calculations and realized it was heading directly towards Earth and would impact the planet in roughly 90 minutes. So he uploads the data to a website that set off a bunch of alarms at the European Space Agency. But the good news is we're all still here because the asteroid was only about 10 feet in diameter and it landed somewhere in the Norwegian Sea. Um, A little disturbing thinking that all of our technology... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and everything, all of our global systems and everything missed this thing. And, uh, you know, maybe that's how it goes down. Would you rather die from an impact of a massive asteroid or would you, you know, rather just go out in the nuclear holocaust between Russia and the rest of the world? I mean, 
I, I, I'm kind of going on Team Asteroid here. What do you guys think? <laughs> well, that's a morbid question. Um, yeah, you gave <laughs> me two really peachy options to pick from. <laughs> I, I think I will pick Nuclear Holocaust, and here's why. Hmm. I would prefer to not be able to see the end of the world coming. I think the early warning aspect of this asteroid business would make the experience much more unpleasant. If I'm going to be vaporized, probably I'm not going to know about it or have time to really think about it. So I'm going to go with that option. Interesting. You guys are downers. I got like huge main character energy. I'm thinking I'm going to survive either of these. So if I have to take like oh my the, God. the post-apocalyptic nuclear wasteland or like the hell rapture-esque whatever of uh, of an asteroid i think i'd take the asteroid just because i don't i don't want to grow like a third arm i think that like that would that yeah. i mean it might be useful for like survival skills but i'm thinking like oh no i'm gonna live off the land just like I don't know, man did it once, we can do it again. It depends on the size of the asteroid, because it tilts the axis of the planet and we go hurling off into the... It, we're all going to be disintegrated relatively quickly anyway. Well, the fact of the matter is, though, that there are asteroid strikes on this planet daily, right? We just don't know about most of them because we either don't see them or they disappear into the ocean. Yeah, don't give the media any ideas, otherwise this will be like a daily occurrence and everybody If we cover this all the, the time, right, it's going to be a real drag. Another <laughs> asteroid hit again, and now traffic. Again. <laughs> Speaking to Newsweek, uh, Sarneski, the guy who found this thing called the detection of the asteroid, his proudest moment as an astronomer, despite already having discovered another asteroid earlier this year. I mean, I'm glad this one was a little one because 90 minutes ain't a ton of time to rally the troops. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to go sit on my back porch and crack open a beer just like I would any other day, I guess, if it was if it was coming down to it. What, what a scenic end of the world. I'd probably panic and text some people I shouldn't. <laughs> no further comment. <laughs> well, on that note, be sure to head over to Newsweek.com and check out our growing podcast lineup and consider subscribing to our digital and print editions of Newsweek if you haven't already. I'm Jesse Edwards. I'm Maura Curry. And I'm Tommy O'Connor. And this has been The Daily Break, brought to you by Newsweek.